Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb. And I'm Julie Douglas. We are continuing our assault on Valentine's Day. Taking it downtown. Exactly. We've, we've talked about kissing. We've talked about the color pink. Um, today we're talking about something a little different, something that's a little less of a Valentine's Day staple. It's not like lingerie. It's not something that is uh, advertised on billboards come every February. Uh, we're talking about Spanish Fly. An aphrodisiac that is at once kind of mythic and kind of has all this, these fictional airs about it, but at the same time is a definite real thing uh, that is fascinating in its own right and, and often in ways that uh, you might not expect. Yeah, I mean, people associate Spanish fly with uh, aphrodisiacs, right? This idea that, you know, someone just needs to have a bit of it and all of a sudden they will feel amorous and we'll discuss that but yeah you're right there the uh, the actual implications of spanish fly itself are very different when is the earliest you ever heard any inkling of spanish fly you know i don't i want to say like middle school is i have an idea of that but i also have an idea of tequila and the worm at the end of the bot or the Mm -hmm. the bottom of the bottle as being part and parcel of that which I, i don't think exists either yeah i feel like and maybe you can relate to this. I feel like it might have been referenced in kind of an off-color reference in some old-timey cartoons. Like, I don't know if it was... Like Betty Boop or something. I, or something that I had some exposure to. And because I feel like there was maybe a moment where somebody had a had a bottle labeled Spanish Fly and it showed up as a gag in something or another, you know? Like, it was yeah. that level of, of unbelievable that it's just some sort of, like, magic juice that, that somebody gives to another person and it makes them... Uh, you know, wild and randy or something. Well, it's back, I think, in the collective conscience because, uh, as we know, Bill Cosby allegedly has been accused of um, giving his giving people certain drugs mm-hmm. um, and then raping them. And uh, he has a routine, I believe, in the 60s. Yeah, from his uh, 69 comedy album, It's True, It's True. And he also talks yeah. about it in uh, his 1991 book, Childhood. Yes. Um, and he, re- he has referenced roofies or some sort of roofies before mm-hmm. in other interviews and so on and so forth. Um, but he talks specifically about Spanish Fly in this one routine um, from the album, It's True, It's True. Yeah, if I remember correctly, in the bit, he's he's talking about, as a kid, hearing about it, which is very relatable because I, you know, my earliest memories of hearing about this thing are also in childhood. And it and from a, a childhood perspective, it sounds kind of just fanciful and weird and maybe even attractive on some level, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, this is this thing and, you know, and oh, if it, you, you give it to somebody and then suddenly they're all lovey-dovey. Like, that's the very unreal version of it. But then you you take it and you put it into a reality, you put it into an adult reality, and you're talking about something that's really rather horrible. And and in in, in the case with uh, the allegations against uh, Bill Cosby, you, mm-hmm. you also see that 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 story of childhood taken and then and then what happens when you look at it from a very real adult uh, standpoint. I mean, it's a it's just deplorable. Yeah, I mean, the, the actual thing that he says, he says, go to a party, see five girls standing alone, and then, boy, if I had a whole jug of Spanish fly, I'd light that corner up over there. Ha, 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 ha. So, yeah. right, it's a, uh, you know, n- hearing it now is it's a little bit disconcerting. But it brings up the whole idea of 
the Spanish fly and, and whether or not it's actually a true aphrodisiac and what the deal is with it. And I just want to point out that in 1996, an FDA study proved that the chemical had no sexual effects on men or women. And yet the myth of this continues to persist. And how you define sexual effects kind of differs, and we'll talk more about that later. All right, so what is it? People are probably wondering. What is the Spanish fly? Is it an actual fly? No. No. In, but it is uh, It is a beetle, <laughs> technically. <laughs> a blister beetle, to be uh, specific. Um, there are about uh, 2,500 different species of blister beetle, but we tend to collect this uh, this agent, cantharidin, from two specific species. There's a, a European blister beetle called Lyta vesicatoria, and there's a North African uh, blister beetle uh, known as Mylabris kikori. And uh, they secrete this stuff. They secrete uh, cantharidin as a self-defense, as a chemical weapon to keep things from eating them. I and mean, this is the, the the type of insect that's you know, it's brightly colored, long body, bright greens, blue wing covers, stripes. It's sending a clear message to potential predators. Hey, if you eat me, bad mm-hmm. things are going to happen because I'm just laden with chemical weapons. Yeah, and that uh, cantharidin, it's a, it's a terpene, an, an organic chemical compound. And they secrete it, the beetles secrete it as this kind of milky-looking fluid mm-hmm. from the joints in their legs. Very convenient. Yeah. Now, this is this doesn't have much to do with cantharidin, but it's pretty interesting. Uh, as a side note, um, these blister bugs, they, the adults lay eggs near the nest of a solitary bee. And the, then these larval bee lice, as they call them, feed on the eggs and food stores. And they eventually grow into adulthood, drop to the ground, feed on vegetation. And it's in this life, then, that they have the full protection of the cantharidin uh, to keep things from uh, from eating it, most things from eating them. Because it's worth noting that there are um, some birds, such as the meadowlark, yeah. such as the bluebird, uh, scissor-tailed flycatcher, that are cantharidin-resistant and, uh, and make them a part of their diet. Yeah, and there are accounts, though, of some livestock eating them and actually uh, being poisoned by them. So uh, most most animals steer clear. But as you say, some of them can actually stave off the effects of cantharidin. Now, we should probably talk about how cantharidin works in terms of the beetle's reproductive life. This is very interesting. Yeah, and then in this we get right into the Valentine's Day theme, uh, like legitimately and not in a yeah. weird, creepy way. Because, of course, Valentine's is, is, is about, uh, hey, here's a gift for the person I love, you know, or... Failing that, the person that I, I want to mate with, that sort of thing. you know. Yeah, like here's a box of chocolate. Right. And that is essentially a prenuptial offering, as we call it, in the animal world. Uh, I feel like we've we've talked about this in the we've past. We've talked about this with orb-weaving spiders, I mm-hmm. believe. Where they say, hey, here, here's a gift. Here's a, here's a gift that shows my, uh, you know, to anthropomorphize a bit here. Here's a gift that shows, uh, my, my support for you. Here's some, uh, some energy in the form of some food or whatnot, uh, that will uh, help you uh, survive and help our, our offspring survive. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're, we'll mate, right? Here's mm-hmm. a little bit of energy. In the case of pyrocroid beetles, they're doing somewhat of the same thing as, as the male or weaving spiders. They're presenting a gift. Not so much for energy, though. It's more like protection. And what what happens is that the, the male beetles essentially hand over a packet of sperm to the female when they're mating. And she will fertilize her eggs. And she can kind of take her sweet time with whether or not she does this, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, the females can discard the packets that don't please them, right? This does not please me. Bring me another. Um, so what crafty pyrochroid beetles do to ensure that their gift of sperm is like really highly prized and received is that they produce bonus packs of cantharidin. And this, this uh, cantharidin will allow the females to cover her eggs with it. And then that keeps those eggs safe from predators. It's kind of like if you were to give your 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 sweetie a, a handgun for Valentine's Day and say, "Here, take this, protect uh, yourself and our offspring uh-huh. with this lovely handgun." I think they call that a, a Texas Valentine. A Texas Valentine, yeah, I it think is. So. Yes. Heck, I mean, it's probably a Georgia Valentine too, for that matter. So, as the mating ritual kicks off, the the pyracoid male actually secretes this gooey substance from a groove-like structure in its forehead, uh, and then the female, of course, tastes the gooey substance. And uh, if she detects uh, cantharidin, uh, then she knows that this is the this is the guy for her. If it's if it's not there, well, then then maybe she'll pass. Yeah, that's what I think is so great about this is that you know maybe the beetle uh, sidles up and says, "Hey, I, I've got a little cantharidin package here for you," and she's like, "Prove it, prove <laughs> that you can secrete this." And then out of his forehead it oozes, and then she sniffs him. It's great. This is good like Valentine's drama right here. So, I mean, that's kind of hard to beat in terms of a, a mating ritual. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, check out this article, Spanish Flies Lure, Ardor or Armor, by Janet Rolla from Science News. So we're talking about cantharidin, that uh, that powder you derive from grinding up the, uh, uh, the, the, the blister beetles, essentially a chemical weapon devised for the, uh, the creature's defense, but... As, as we've discussed before, humans are all about taking another creature's chemical weapon and using it for their own advantage. Uh, we do it in everything from the spices on our food uh, to, indeed, some questionable uh, aphrodisiacs in the form of Spanish fly. Hippocrates prescribed ground blister beetles as a treatment for dropsy. And then you also have traditional Chinese medicine using blister beetles to treat piles, ulcers, and rabies. And uh, even warts. Yeah. There's uh, now there's as far as its use as uh, an aphrodisiac, or at least it's it's more recreational uses. Um, there there's some some interesting details from the the life of uh, the Marquis de Sade, um, 1740 to 1814. If anyone is not familiar with him, uh, French aristocrat, uh, revolutionary politician, philosopher, and writer. He was a free thinker, uh, a, a free doer. He was. Randy. He was. He, he liked the ladies. He, he liked the men. He, uh, he, he liked everything. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he, and he had a lot of, uh, of course, a lot of scandals in his life, um, you know, pr- pretty much uh, constantly. And uh, in 1772, um, uh, there was a, an incident where he had engaged his, uh, his servant, uh, Latour, to find him some, uh, some prostitutes. And apparently the uh, the women in question helped themselves uh, to uh, the Marquis' uh, uh, personal stash of uh, Spanish fly laden candies, and uh, since suddenly they're you know they're suffering upset stomachs, uh, they fear that they've been poisoned, and uh, meanwhile uh, Desaad and uh, Latour flee uh, the estates uh, of the King of Sardinia, who ha- who wanted to have them arrested, and uh, they end up uh, being executed in effigy. Uh, for for this uh, this crime, but uh, essentially, you have a case. These women are poisoned by the Spanish fly. Yeah, and they survived. But I mean, as we'll discuss in a little bit, uh, they probably had a 
they probably suffered pretty greatly depending on the amount that he gave them. I mean, after all, he was um, sentenced to death for attempted murder. Yeah, yeah. So just that's just sort of give you an idea of just how potent this is. I mean, it's a you know, it's again, it's, it's the the insect's chemical weapon, and if taken in small doses. Presumably, it's not going to kill anybody, but uh, it's very, apparently very easy to uh, to reach that threshold of uh, of serious harm with this uh, particular agent. Now, this was also used in terminating pregnancy, and um, if you look at the long history of, um, of of abortion, particularly before it was legalized, then you will see that there are all sorts of accounts of different things that may induce pregnancy termination. In the article, Leeches Lie in Spanish Fly by Kate Manning in the New York Times, um, she says, quote, in, in talking about this sort of secret coda of terminating a pregnancy, she says, quote, French periodical pills warranted to have the desired effect in all cases was one such knowing ad that appeared in the Boston Daily Times in 1845. Those ads spoke euphemistically of curing female complaint or renovating or unblocking the womb. So what's interesting about that is, and we'll talk more about the effects on the human body, is that there was a sort of uh, wink, wink. Hey, this is this is a substance that you could use if you have these sort of female complaints. Yeah. Now, uh, just to go back to Marquis de Sade for a moment, um, there was there's at least one account that uh, Marquis de Sade would uh, would would encourage uh, prostitutes to partake of these uh, Spanish fly cookies because it would make uh, them a little gassy, and that he was into that. Um, he was into gassy sexual relations. I mean, he was into a lot of things. So right. I, I guess that was, you know, that's on the menu. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are not. This is not the primary desired effect with uh, with Spanish fly. Most of the uh, accounts that you see, generally, the idea is that it's supposed to uh, to fire up one's lust or to uh, provide a male with an erection when they're having difficulty achieving or sustaining that state. And it does, but I feel like it's an erection that you would never want if you if you happen to look at the descriptions of this. And let's just start just even with um, what it's like to have skin contact with Spanish fly, because it's not called blister beetle for nothing, right? right? Yeah. Um, you get blisters, festering ones. Uh, if you have contact with your eyes, it can cause blindness. A deadly dose is only 30 milligrams, and one gram is enough to cause symptoms in 5,000 people. And when you ingest it, that cantharidin inflames the gastrointestinal tract, and that may be where Desaad was trying to take advantage of the side effects here of Spanish fly. And then depending on the dose, it can completely strip away the stomach lining. Yeah, there's a lot of burning. And uh, and when you're talking about an overdose, you're talking about abdominal pain, respiratory and heart problems, renal failure, bloody urine, convulsions, coma, and possibly death. Yeah, now think about it making its way through the rest of the body, not just the stomach. Um, it can affect the lining of the uterus, and it irritates that lining, but it's that irritation is, is sort of negligible when you compare it to men in whom it causes a great deal of swelling. And that's where the erection comes into play. Yeah, basically we're talking an allergic hell erection. We're talking a non-sexual uh, priapism. So it's, you end up dealing with a, with a lot of burning, swelling down there that results in an erection, but not really the kind of erection that I feel like anybody reasonably wants to have. 
No, I mean, it's like an anaphylactic response for your penis, right? Yeah. That, that can't be uh, at all romantic or even, you know, sensual. I mean, barely functional, I'm thinking, you know, like... It's just, it just, it's a bad idea anyway, anyway you shake it. Yeah, and even a minor overdose uh, of cantharidin can lead to erections long enough to need medical intervention to, uh, to put them down. But you know what? It does turn out that there's actually one species that is taking it so that they may secure some more amorous flings in the future. And what I'm talking about here is the male bustard bird. Oh yes, this is uh, this is one of one of the birds that uh, that has uh, some degree of uh, of resistance to the cantharidin, uh, but uses it in a most uh, interesting manner. The males actually pick the blister beetles out, uh, you know, of an array of possible food choices, and they do it to reduce STDs and, more importantly, to reduce to to uh, to wash away the appearance of STDs when picking out mates because they want to appear. Uh, uh, clean and disease-free. According to Discovery Magazine's uh, Seriously Science blog, quote, a white clean cloaca with no infection symptoms is an honest signal of both resistance to cantharidin and absence of parasites and represents a reliable indicator of the male quality to the extremely choosy females. That's right, because the lady bustards actually examine the male bustards cloaca before deciding to mate with him. Yeah, a little look, uh, you know, under the hood, as it were. Yeah, 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 before taking it for a test run. So, uh, so there you go. We just wanted to go out on a positive note there and, and let you know that the male bustards are, are using it in the appropriate way, are probably the only ones who should be using it, uh, besides the actual beetles themselves. Um, and we wanted to do a little public service announcement. If you're ever thinking about Spanish fly, please do not. Do not use it unless you are a bustard bird looking Mm -hmm. to clean your cloaca a bit. Uh, In those cases, go ahead. Um, Or if you yourself are a blister bug, I mean, use your naturally occurring uh, chemical weapons as you see fit. Yeah, you know, we talked about STD posters uh, a while back, and I, I can't help but think if animals, if the animal kingdom had their own PR campaigns, what might those posters look like, especially from the bustard birds? <laughs> Keep your cloaca clean. Yeah. I would guess so. And for the rest of you, yeah, just don't do Spanish fly because it's either this horrible chemical irritant or it's just uh, a bunch of vitamin B3 ginseng uh, and, you know, maybe a little horny goat weed packaged in some sort of uh, scandalous uh, packaging. Or at the very least, like sugar and some dust. Yeah. So it's there are better ways to go about uh, curing what ails you. And you know the best way? What's that? Using your noggin. Oh yeah. We already know. Like if you're if you're trying to uh, get in the mood, like uh, whining and dining your own mind is probably the way to go. Indeed. And hey, if uh, you would like to whine and dine that brain of yours, uh, why not go to stufftoblowyourmind.com? Uh, that is where you'll find all of our podcast episodes, including all of our Valentine's Day podcasts, past and present. Uh, if you click on the uh, the landing page for this episode, you'll find links to a lot of those uh, those uh, older episodes. So be sure to check those out, along with all the videos, blog posts, uh, links out to social media accounts, uh, pictures of what we look like, all that good stuff. Stuff to blow your mind And if you have any thoughts about this, please do let us know. You can send us an email at blowthemind at housereport.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 